Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. All right, so you heard the current temperature, minus 30. So I thought to myself, there has to be a way, thanks to the magic of the internet, because you can put anything in a Google search engine or whatever search engine you want to use, you know, Bing, Yahoo, Dogpile, whatever. You know, like you want a picture of uh, Gary Coleman eating spaghetti, you can probably find it or whatever. So I put in coldest place on earth today. Or, or something like that. I can't remember what I Googled. But I found this website, eldoradoweather.com, which has the extreme hottest temperatures and extreme coldest temperatures over the last 24 hours and also the maximum precipitation. So, And it gives the top 15 in each category. So no Edmonton, nowhere in, in Alberta, in fact, though there are a couple places in Canada, but uh, nowhere in Alberta makes the coldest 15 places in the world uh, for the last 24 hours. Uh, the, the Canadian ones that do, you got Dead Men Valley in the Northwest Territories, 14th coldest place in the world, minus 50. The Rabbit Kettle Automated Reporting Station, minus 51.1. So the coldest place on Earth over the last 24 hours is Delian Cure, Russia. And I apologize if I'm saying that incorrectly. Delian Cure, Russia, minus 57.4. So my brief research into this online indicated to me that this is traditionally one of the coldest places on the planet, though it can get pretty warm in the summer. Uh, I mean, they've they've had it in the mid-30s in, in June and July and over 30 in August as their record high. They're usually around 20 in the summer months, uh, at least June, July, and August. So this Delian Cure Russia, minus 57.4 over the last 24 hours. How far north is it? Well, if you picture a map of North America, of Canada and the States, it would be a little bit further north than Anchorage, Alaska. All right? And... It's actually a little warmer than it was a few weeks ago. Overnight from December 8th to December 9th in Delian Kir, Russia, it hit minus 61.1. It's currently minus 30 in Edmonton. I think it's about minus 38 or something with the wind chill. So, I mean, it's obviously unpleasantly cold here. If you're outside, you're going from point A to point B as quickly as possible, and you're bundled up. But here's what I found really interesting as I was researching Delian Kir, Russia. The population is three. That's right. The population is three. Now that's, uh, so it said that was from the 2010 census, but I found some current news stories from when it hit minus 61 on December 8th and 9th. And that apparently is still currently the population of Delian-Kir, Russia. Three. In the 2002 census, the population was four. So whoever takes the Russian census 
They saved 25% of their time counting Delhi and Kier in 2010 as opposed to 2002. A population of three. Boy, oh boy. Be pretty hard to get out of doing something, eh? Like, uh, hey, uh, hey, Jeff, Jim's coming over tonight. Why don't you join us? Oh, I, uh, sorry, my pickup volleyball team. We are your pickup volleyball team. And there's only three of us. It's not even real volleyball. <laughs> so that is your uh, random inside sports educational lesson tonight on Delian Cure Russia where it is, uh, in the last 24 hours, it dipped down to minus 57.4 degrees Celsius, and they have a population of three. I wonder what they have for recreational sports there. I suppose they could have a, a I was going to say tennis, but you're probably not playing a lot of, uh, maybe they have an indoor court. Maybe they got table tennis. I guess you could have a bowling league with three people, maybe some mini golf. I, hopefully they have a nice little mini golf course in Delian Kier, Russia. I wonder what the tourist industry is like. I imagine they don't get a lot of tourists at this time of year. So anyway, uh, it is much warmer in Edmonton right now than it is in certain parts of the world. Not many, though. How are you doing tonight? Reed Wilkins with you live inside sports on 630 Chet. It's 10 after 6. Hope you had a great Christmas. I ate a lot, a, a disgusting amount. And uh, enjoyed some beverages as well. Uh, pretty good Christmas, mostly spent with my mother and father and uh, my dog Rocket. So it was uh, it was nice, pretty relaxing. Uh, we had a best of show on the twenty third, twenty fourth, and twenty fifth. We're off. Went to Claire Drake Arena yesterday and also today, as uh, the Oilers got back to practice and they do have another individual in COVID protocol announced today, and that is assistant coach Brian Wiseman. And it was Zach Cassian who uh, was placed in COVID protocol yesterday. They are starting to get some players back. And we'll talk about that as we move along tonight, or you've probably already seen the updates. At the moment, we do have Furnace Family Oilers hockey for you on Wednesday. On Wednesday, at the St. Louis Blues. 5 o'clock for the face-off show. The game will start at 6.30. Uh, so that's when the Oilers are supposed to get back at it. Uh, Game-wise, it would be their first game since they beat Seattle on December 18th. They had the three games postponed last week, and tonight was supposed to be a game in Calgary against the Flames that has also been postponed. No games have been rescheduled yet. So uh, the, the, so the Oilers are supposed to practice tomorrow, once again at Claire Drake Arena, and then fly to St. Louis. They're at Claire Drake Arena because the World Juniors have taken over Rogers' place. Here's what I can tell you so far. About halfway through the second period, not quite halfway through, Germany leading Czechia 1-0. Earlier, also in Canada's Group A, Finland improved to 2-0 with a 7-1 win over Austria. Canada plays Austria tomorrow. In Red Deer, Russia knocked off Switzerland 4-2. Sweden and Slovakia are going to start get going at uh, 7.30 tonight. Xavier Borgo, the Oilers' first-round draft pick from 2021, he is, uh, he is out. He did not practice today, unlikely to play tomorrow, and uh, we're still waiting to see. Just uh, just kind of keeping an eye on an update here. I haven't seen anything in the last few minutes. If there's going to be a suspension uh, to uh, the Canadian forward, Tudif, who delivered a late hit last night in that game against Czechia. I'm not seeing anything lately on that so uh we'll keep an eye so canada might be out a couple forwards who did play yesterday so that's what's going on at the world juniors no nhl games today uh of course everything today postponed and uh hopefully we get going back again tomorrow there were other games postponed this week but none of them are obviously involving the edmonton Oilers. nfl tonight should be a pretty good game i think though uh, the 
Saints are a little depleted, but the Miami Dolphins and New Orleans Saints are going to kick off in a few minutes. Both teams are 7-7. Seven and seven. The Saints have won two in a row. How about this, though? The Dolphins have won six straight, and the Edmonton Oil Kings are in action as well. They have a busy little schedule coming up here. They are playing Regina, and that game, oh, it's early, but the Oil Kings have already scored about seven minutes into the game. one nothing for the Oil Kings as they take on Regina. Oil Kings have won three straight. We'll keep you updated on that one as we move along. Jalen Lipen has the goal there. All right, so uh, that's a little bit, a little quick look around the world of sports and some of the big events you need to know about as uh, the Oilers got back to practice today. And Zach Hyman has been back on the ice skating alongside Connor McDavid and Warren Fogle. Hyman injured in that game against the Carolina Hurricanes a couple of weeks ago and he reflected on the injury. Got uh, pinched off there. It was a weird play and shoulder just got jammed up in the boards. It wasn't a bad hit or anything. It was you know, a hit that I take all the time. Just my shoulder went in awkwardly uh, and just felt a, a pinch obviously there and and I didn't know what it was, it was so I wanted to be careful with it, obviously, because, uh, yeah, I was didn't, had no idea what it, was, what it was, and I was in pain, and went off, checked it out, and uh, luckily it was best-case scenario, and ready to roll. All right, so Hyman injured back on uh, December 11th in the game against Carolina. You may remember it, it was late in the third period. He got crunched into the boards by Brady Shea. Just a little over three minutes left in the game. He went off uncomfortable, looked to be favoring his right shoulder, so it turned out to be not too bad. Hyman even uh, said today if the Oilers had played those three games last week against Anaheim, San Jose, and Los Angeles, he might have been able to return for some, if not all, those games. So he looks good to go, and of course, head coach Dave Tippett, happy to be getting Hyman back. I've said it before, he touches so many parts of the game that from a coaching standpoint, you, you're you looking down, you need a job done, whether it's PP, PK, um, shut down, end of the game, plays with top players. I mean, he he's pretty much touches all aspects of the game. So, And his, his work ethic and just attitude is infectious out there. He brings energy, which is, uh, um, you know, he's fit in well with our team, continues to. Yeah, absolutely. An important player for the Oilers. So Hyman probably going to play. Wednesday in St. Louis goaltender Mike Smith we have not seen this gentleman since the Oilers third game of the season the Oilers two other goalies Stuart Skinner and Miko Koskinen have combined to go 16 and 11 Smith won the first two games of the year uh, he wasn't having a great outing when he got hurt in the second period against the Anaheim Ducks Koskinen wound up getting the win there and as we've gone through this journey now which has lasted coming up, well, it's lasted about two and a half months. Uh, he was day-to-day, and he was maybe getting close, and then he was week-to-week, uh, week, and now he's very, very close once again and a full participant in both practices yesterday and today at Rogers Place. Uh, Dave Tippett with the update on Smith. Yeah, he continues to progress. He had another good day today, and then uh, we'll see where he gets tomorrow, whether he comes on the trip or not. And uh, if he feels good, hopefully it keeps moving in the right direction. But he's had two good days, which is good to see. All right. Well, man, you, you would think he's going to go on the road trip, but I guess we'll find out for sure tomorrow. I think Mike Smith uh, probably going to uh, speak to the media tomorrow after practice. Duncan Keith, who's been in COVID protocol, will hopefully practice tomorrow. Pugliarvi, Nurse, and Lagason in protocol for one more day. Perhaps they will be available for the game New Year's Eve in the afternoon chris russell probably out another week or so that's what Tippett said today he did skate before practice today but didn't take part 
in the uh, main practice. And as I mentioned, uh, Zach Cassian went into COVID protocol yesterday, or it was announced that he went into COVID protocol yesterday. So he's out into January and assistant coach Brian Wiseman into COVID protocol today. So that's sort of the uh, wellness slash COVID slash injury update for your Edmonton Oilers. All right, uh, we're going to take a look at another player who's been doing well lately for Edmonton. I'm always happy to hear from you, 780-496. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 0063, that is the hotline presented by CertTeed Professional Grade Building Materials. And here is Fogel, the empty net scores! Warren Fogel gets the empty netter. Very long pass to McDavid. Into the Seattle end, across to Dreisaitl to Yamamoto shot, rebound, scores! Warren Fogel on the rebound! It's a power play goal, and this game is tied at two. Got one on the power play last game, got one headed one in last game. Which is a good sign that he's going to the net, and you know, he's he's had lots of you know a lot of the stuff we chart. He's around it a lot, but he's had a few go in for him. In the power play, one bounces out to him and gets an open netter, um, and got a, a, a empty netter the game before. So stats look better look you know better in that sense. But if you look at it, this his play is similar to what he's doing. They're just getting rewarded for it a little bit. Does his style, I mean, he's, he's moved around to move around a little bit, especially with the injuries. Does his style suit to playing with almost any center, or how do you look at that? Yeah, I mean, he's he just got a work ethic, a relentless to him that, that brings an energy to a line wherever he is, you know. So he's gone up and down a little bit. That's what he did in Carolina a little bit, and it's no different here. A little bit there on Warren Fogle, who had that, 20-game drought without a goal. He now has three goals in his last two games, up to five goals and 11 points on the season in 29 games. The Oilers counting on him to add some depth scoring this year and get to at least double digits. You look at last year in that shortened season, he played 53 games, he got 10 goals. year before that, he had 13 goals in 68 games. And in his first full NHL season in 18-19 with the Hurricanes, he had 10 goals in 77 games. So now back on track to get 10 plus on the season and maybe going to get a few more opportunities here with Jesse Pugliarvi and COVID protocol. The top line today for the Oilers at practice was Connor McDavid centering Warren Fogle and Zach Hyman. So we know Fogle can skate um, as Tippett referenced. He can be tenacious. He can kind of barge to the net with the puck. I think he probably did that pretty well early in the season maybe got away from it from a bit and it has been a bit of a struggle as we know for bottom six players uh this season for the Oilers and we're gonna have Derek Ryan join us between 6 30 and 7 tonight pretty cool for him to be practicing at the U of A the former Golden Bear but he's gonna touch on uh you know his own uh scoring woes throughout the season and he wasn't brought in primarily to do that and Fogel wasn't brought in to be a primary store scorer but he was certainly brought in to be a, a depth scorer and we weren't seeing that for a while so now he's picked it up a little bit but maybe he's going to be playing uh higher up in the lineup than he has been through most of the season so something to consider there that if Fogel gets going another guy who can put the puck in the net for the Oilers because they have uh, had some some stretches 
to this season where, uh, again, it's looked like it has in, in, in recent years where it's McDavid, Dreisaitl, maybe a little bit of Nugent Hopkins, more with assists than goals this season, and uh, not too much else after that. So a uh, positive story for Fogel lately. And the, if you look at the last 10 games for the Oilers, obviously it doesn't look great if you look in that streak column because they did have that six-game losing streak. But Dave Tippett was uh, asked today what he did during the break and uh, when he had his COVID break and he, of course he watched the games on television and then still rewatched them. And as Dave Tippett has talked about, he tracks uh, a lot of his own stats. I know he uh, irritated a lot of people who are heavily into the advanced stats when he jokingly called Corsi and Fenwick, Korski and Fenske earlier in this season. Uh, but Dave Tippett does use uh, those stats and some of his own usually high danger scoring chances to see how the team is doing. And he had this comment today about the recent games by the Oilers. You always look at like I did a real deep dive into a lot of stuff that where we are, a lot of stuff on our five on five game, not just the games I missed, but going back for 10 games and that. And in actual fact, if you look at our last 10 games, all uh, I call them the fancy stats or whatever, but we, that was our best 10 game segment of the of five on five of the season, yet we came out losing six of them or whatever, you know, so. That's using your stuff. No, and no, a lot of sport logic stuff, a lot of, a lot of, uh, a combination of everything. We, we do, we usually do a 10-game segment, big, uh, um, from, from the fancy guys and yeah. my stuff, and we, and we did it instead of 30 games, we did it 29 to the break, so went, ten, went back 10 games. We were, uh, there was a lot of positives of how we were playing. Now, that being said, our special teams took a, a big dip and our save percentage took a big dip in those 10 games that uh, we ended up on the wrong side of it too many times. So there's things that you look at there that are positives that we have to keep in place and then special teams have to start pulling back up. Uh, goaltending could, could be a little more stable in there. You know, not that it was bad, but just there's some times when it could be a little better. All right, so uh, that's Dave. And, and they did have a couple of games on that six-game losing streak where they had a lot of shots. I mean, you look at Boston, you look at uh, the game against Minnesota, outshooting the opponent and outchancing them, but the, the puck wasn't going in. The power play dried up for a little bit. Uh, as he said, a couple of goaltending performances that weren't quite where they needed it to be, and it added up to that losing streak. But I, I will say this, they're pretty happy about that game in Seattle from December 18th where... You know, they had the players going into COVID. They had to play a little bit shorthanded. They had 11 forwards instead of 12. They fell behind early. Skinner didn't let in a great goal. Seattle went up 2-0. And then Edmonton pretty much controlled the game after that, holding Seattle to 17 shots. So I, I think they kind of, and I'm going to ask Derek Ryan about that game. I think they view that as a bit of a benchmark game where they said, okay, you know what? Things aren't going great. Let's bond together and see how we do. Derek Ryan is coming up next inside sports on 630 Channel. in the neutral zone where Brendan Perlini will get it in on the backhand. Perlini comes right back to him. He'll walk to the middle. He'll shoot it. Save. Rebound. Scores! Derek Ryan put in the rebound. The New Oilers are up. 3-0. That was Derek Ryan scoring against the Columbus Blue Jackets back on December 16th. His second goal of the season. His first goal since the uh, second game of the year when he scored against his former team, the Calgary Flames, and pretty cool for Derek Ryan as he went back to his old stomping grounds for Oilers practice yesterday and today, and I'm glad to welcome Derek Ryan back to Inside Sports. Derek, how are you doing? Doing great, Reed. How are you? 
I'm doing very well. Thanks for hopping on the show tonight. I'm going to dive right in here. What was it like to have a practice, a couple of practices now at Claire Drake Arena? Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I know when I told my dad uh, that that was the plan, we were going to be practicing at the Drake. Uh, he was pretty excited. He wanted lots of pictures. And uh, yeah, the whole family was pretty excited. So yeah, it was it was pretty cool walking in there the first day and uh, a little weird dressing on the the visitor side there a little bit, but it was cool to, to walk around and reminisce and have some memories. And uh, yeah, it's just a really cool rink anyway. So it was fun to be back. Uh, tips, uh, tip said, uh, something funny yesterday. He was like, yeah, the guys are acting like Derek built the place or something like that. <laughs> some fun comments. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's true. More like the house that Claire Drake built, but, uh, I'm glad to be a small piece in the, uh, the memories there. Well, when you're out there, I, I believe the dimensions, well, I, I'm sure they are, are, are smaller than an NHL rink. Is that noticeable when, when you're practicing oh, yeah. there? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. The the zones seem smaller. Uh, the corners are just way different. They're more square and there's not much room there for uh, to escape or anything like that. So it's harder to work on, you know, in zone stuff. Obviously, we can run through some things, but it's definitely not the same dimensions as an NHL rink. And uh, yeah, I don't remember that being as much of an issue back in the days when I was playing for the Bears, but um, now I can definitely notice it more. Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, I've obviously watched a lot of games there, but I noticed how close to the the center circle almost touches the blue line, right? Yeah, but it's, it's but small. It's, yeah. Do you have a favorite memory? I, I, I know it's been a while, but you did play four years for the Golden Bears. Do you have a favorite uh, Claire Drake memory from your time there? Yeah, a lot of great memories for sure. Um, a lot of great years there. A lot of wins. Um, probably my last year there, where we we went on a nice run and. Uh, the Canada West Finals. We played Calgary in the the West Finals, and uh, myself and Chad Clausen were were pretty hot and scoring lots of goals and made quick work of the, the Dinos. There, it was pretty fun to to kind of end on a high note, where we were both um, playing at a high level and and uh, going out on a high note. Yeah, yeah, fun stuff for sure. Okay, well, uh, transitioning to your current team, obviously the last couple of weeks have been a little strange. Let, let's flash back to the game in Seattle on December 18th. You guys didn't have a full lineup because of the COVID stuff and getting guys up from the minors, and uh, you fell behind early against the Kraken, but you got the win. Was that, I mean, I, maybe I'm overstating it a bit, but like, was that a bit of a gut check game or a bit of a, a, a kind of, milestone game the way you guys were able to get that one done against seattle i think it was definitely a team building win one of those games where like you mentioned you're pretty short staffed uh, missing some pretty notable bodies in your lineup and you know some guys step up i thought we our whole forward core just played a great solid game where everyone was contributing everyone was playing well i don't remember what the shots were but we outshot them heavily and just spent a lot of time in the offensive zone took some pressure off our decor and just played a great you know road game even after falling behind early there and built the game and um you know we we're able to get out of there with two points so i think it's definitely one of those wins where you you leave feeling better about the guys that are around you um you know willing to go to war with you every night and uh, you just feel better as a team after a win like that yeah, well, and then obviously you didn't get to play the three games before Christmas. I know I've had a lot of athletes, both 
current athletes and and men and women who have retired and look back say that you you got to have a you got to have a routine creatures of habit is it a game day is it a practice day or is it an off day and you guys kind of had the uh what you thought was going to be a, a routine of a home game and then traveling and playing a couple road games um taken away from you um and then you didn't even get to practice like how, how did you uh adjust to that was that a bit of a a shock to you or how did you roll with it last week yeah it's pretty weird i mean i don't i don't want to say it was a shock because it definitely wasn't we were obviously going through some covid troubles beforehand just dropping guys basically every day is what it seemed like and so and we knew the the writing was on the wall a little bit in terms of those last few games i thought maybe we'd get to play that last home game against anaheim but um yeah it's just it's tough right now because you're basically going one day at a time, not really knowing what the next day holds. And uh, a lot of it depending on how COVID testing goes and what everybody's health situations looking like. So it's pretty hard. Like you said, we're as professional athletes, we're creatures of habit. We like to have our routines and uh, myself in particular, I'm a planner and a scheduler. So I like to know what's going on, you know, for sure farther out than 24 hours, but it's hard to even know what's going to happen within 24 hours at this point in our in our daily lives so it's it's a little frustrating in that regard it's hard to plan hard to really wrap your head around what's going on and um you know prepare yourself but at the end of the day i guess we just uh, get up and and uh, see what the plan is and go to work yeah it's the old uh, one day at a time thing i guess even even more than usual perhaps derek ryan from the edmonton oilers joining us tonight on inside sports they've practiced for the last couple of days at Claire drake arena getting ready to play in st louis on wednesday so uh, you know you guys uh pretty good record so far and obviously you had not lost back-to-back games until you lost six in a row and that was obviously a, a tough run tell me about going through that and, and maybe the attitude of the team during that losing streak and some of the things that, that you guys focused on to sort of uh, uh you know keep it upbeat and not get too weighed down by the losses yeah you know it's one of those stretches where every team in the league goes through it or most teams do anyways and i think that it's good for us to go through a stretch like that um you know i think we came out the other side stronger you talk about that win in seattle on the other side of the the went the losing streak and you come out of the losing streak and you play a couple of really good games like we did <clears throat> and um you know you kind of come together and you you build, you build a, a season together. You build the confidence in each other. You build, um, you know, the winning feeling, the swagger, if you will. And we had that early on, but it's nice to go through, I guess, nice now that we're on the other side of it to go through some adversity together so we can see, you know, everybody's true colors, what we can bring to the table. And um, at the end of the day, I mean, the obviously the morale was a little low during the the tough stretch, but it's it's nice to be able to, be there for each other and pick each other up and just go to work every day. And when you're in a stretch like that, it's just comes down to coming to, to work every day and putting the work boots on and, and doing what you can. Yeah. Well, and you guys broke the slump with the win over uh, Columbus and you got a goal in that game. And look, I know um, you weren't brought in to be a primary scorer on the team, but I, I'm sure, well, maybe you didn't all that. Like, were you, do you think about okay when was my last goal how many games was it like does do you as a player do you get caught up in that where it's like okay this is maybe a longer drought than i would like or how do you process all that 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, you're always aware of it. That's um, not a whole big reason why I was brought in, but I, I think that I'd like to contribute more than I have for sure. So it's one of those things where it's been tough. It's uh, it's um, it's not easy to score in this league, obviously, but I think that the the bottom six for whatever gets talked about with the bottom six on this team, I think that we've um, in the last few games really come alive, and I think that has a lot to do with as much as we've been given as well. I think in the last few games, Columbus and Seattle, we've been given more opportunity to have success. It's pretty hard, you know, the majority of the beginning parts of the season where you don't get to play very much and you're expected to go out there and contribute something. It's, it's tough to do that, especially when there's no rhythm to the game. Um, you know, you're not getting out there and, um, a rhythm and shifts it goes 15 20 minutes before you're getting out there it's it's hard to be productive when you've been sitting on the bench for that long so I don't know I think the this the key to our success in the bottom six is to have regular shifts and and getting out there and and uh, you know getting the rhythm of the game but yeah obviously I'd like to contribute a little more offensively I think I've I've started to do that a little bit in the last few games so hopefully that continues for not just myself but but all the guys that are um, battling down there. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so the road trip, you know, obviously, hopefully uh, coming up, you guys play a matinee at New Jersey on the 31st, and then you play a matinee at the Islanders on January 1st. Now, I think for a lot of people, Christmas Eve in New York would sound pretty cool. Uh <laughs> <laughs> the life yeah. of a pro athlete's a little, a little, a little different, especially when you guys gotta like, will you, will you stay up till twelve oh one just to say, or do you just not even worry about it being uh, New Year's Eve? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. We're not used to these matinee games. We're usually getting the uh, the late games here in Alberta, so it'll be different to have those those afternoon games, which are kind of nice as a player. I like them. I enjoy them. Um, but yeah, we're pretty locked down. I think on the road now, I think, I don't think we're allowed to go out to eat or anything like that. So I, I think that, uh, our, our options are a little more limited. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, Derek, we always appreciate you checking in. Uh, really cool that you, uh, you got to practice at the U of A and I guess one more coming up tomorrow. Thanks for your time as always. And all the best on the upcoming trip, man. Yeah. Thanks Reed. That is Derek Ryan, center for the Edmonton Oilers, former U of A Golden Bear, enjoying practice at Claire Drake Arena over the last two days. Good to have uh, Derek on the show. Obviously, one of the guys that the Oilers signed in the summer. Not so much to bring in depth offense, but help with face-offs, right-handed face-off guy, keep the penalty killing going strong, which it has been for most of the year, though they had a little dip over the course of that losing streak. So uh, Derek Ryan now getting ready to go on the upcoming road trip here for the Oilers. It is scheduled to start. Wednesday in St. Louis, 5 o'clock face-off show here on 6.30, Chad, and the game at 6.30. All right, we're going to update the World Junior scoreboard. We'll update the Oil Kings, and uh, you'll hear Connor McDavid speaking about not going to the Olympics. That's next on Inside Sports. Yes, Edward Van Halen on the lead guitar. Love that track. From uh, one of the best tornado movies ever made, Twister. 
What was that Gerard Butler movie we were talking about? Geostorm? Was that a tornado movie or just, well, I guess it was a Geostorm. Stupid question. It's in the title. Twister was about twisters. Geostorms was, uh, Geostorm was about, I guess, Geostorms. But is a tornado a form of a Geostorm? I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. I'm with you live from my basement inside sports on 630. Chad, going to have another show coming up tomorrow. Kelly Rudy's going to join us. We'll have the latest on uh, yet another Oilers practice at Claire Drake Arena before they depart for St. Louis to play the Blues on Wednesday. Uh, if you missed the update earlier, Zach Hyman looking very good to play. He was on a line with Fogel and McDavid. Duncan Keith coming out of COVID protocol will hopefully practice tomorrow and then play on Wednesday. Pooley Nurse, and Lagason. Uh, possibly able to return to game action on the 31st. Chris Russell probably out another week or so. He skated before practice today, but still uh, injured. And, uh, well, like I said, maybe returning into January. Zach Cassian in COVID protocol. He won't be back until January. And Oilers assistant coach Brian Wiseman went into COVID protocol today. The Oilers announced that this afternoon. Oil Kings with a high event first period in Regina tonight. And most of the events in favor of the Pats, who are leading the Oil Kings 4-2 after the first. World Juniors after two periods at Rogers Place. Germany and Czechia tied 1-1 earlier in Red Deer. Russia beat Switzerland 4-2 at Rogers Place. Finland all over Austria 7-1. Coming up later tonight in Red Deer Group B game, Sweden and Slovakia will square off. Monday night football, the Dolphins, who have won six in a row, just over a minute left in the first quarter. Dolphins leading the Saints 10-0. Both teams just outside of playoff spots coming into this game. So it's actually a pretty significant uh, tilt here as uh, these teams try to chase playoff spots late in the NFL season. That's a quick look at the scoreboard tonight. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. You can email the show inside sports at 630ched.com and you can call or text 780-496-0063. If you sign up for that podcast, by the way, you do get a canned ham, a special edition, a special edition, mind you, inside sports canned ham. Not just the regular canned ham. These are special edition canned hams. All right. So Connor McDavid uh, will not be playing in the Olympics along with all the other international hockey stars in the world. This will be uh, the second Olympics in a row that NHL players will not attend. And uh, McDavid had this to say about not going. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing so disappointing. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's hard to really put into words what, uh, what uh, you know, I think a lot of guys are feeling, uh, you know, especially the guys that have never gotten to go before, you know, and now we're missing it for the second time in a row. So, um Obviously, we can't dwell on it, and we have to, to hope for, you know, maybe, you know, they push, they push the, the Summer Olympics back one year. I mean, maybe, um, you know, that happens again this year. Obviously, it's not looking that way, but, you know, I think we do need to find a way to get a best-on-best best tournament done at some point here. Um, you know, we can't go six, seven, eight years without playing best-on-best. Best. So, um, you know, I'd like to see maybe, uh, um, you know, something worked out if, if the Olympics uh, obviously don't get pushed or... Um, but uh, you know, can't dwell on it. It's upsetting. There's not really uh, much else to say other than that. 
Well, yeah, McDavid uh, obviously has not played in the Olympics in his career. He'd have to wait another four years unless as he's kind of left the door open and unless the Olympics all of a sudden get pushed back by a year, which they did with the Summer Olympics in Tokyo. Not sure if that's going to happen at this point. So he wants a best-on-best tournament. So he was asked, well, uh, okay, what about what if we had a World Cup instead of the, the Olympics? What would you think about that? Well, I think you want to play at the Olympics because it's, for me, it's the the, the biggest stage in sport. Um, you know, every every team does, or every sorry league and sport kind of does a little bit of a version of a World Cup. But you know, I think the Olympics is a stage that's uh, on such a global scale, and you know, I think everybody wants to, to play on that stage. And um, obviously, the the World Cup would still be a, a, a great. Uh, um, second uh, option you know just to have you know we just want to see best on best you know i think that's what everyone wants so uh, i certainly want to experience that so um you know i can't uh, can't uh, say uh you know how disappointed i am um you know it's really it's really upsetting but um we move on and and we we move forward and try to figure something else out you know, international hockey has has always been a bit of a strange animal, at least to me, because you talk about those best on best tournaments, and of course there was uh, the the Olympics for the most of my life without NHLers going to the Olympics. So, and then eventually a lot of European players were playing in the NHL. So then the quality of those teams weren't as good either. Yes, there was the world champions, world championships. Well, those are held in April or May. And uh, a lot of really good NHL players were still trying to pursue the Stanley cup. So that was never truly a best on best tournament. So we had the Canada cup, right. That started in the seventies and, the 1987 Canada Cup, still one of the greatest competitions I've ever seen. And then in 98, you got NHL players into the Olympics. So you had the best on best in 98. 2002, Canada finally won. 06, 2010, Canada had the thrilling win on home ice. 2014, Canada, you know, an excellent team, a dominant team to win the gold medal then. Uh, and now in 2018 and coming up in 2022, we will not have NHL players in the Olympics. I, I've always said, you know, international hockey, to me, that's kind of a, an oxymoron because the large majority of countries in the world do not play hockey or don't play it at a very high level. And uh, then often when you do have an international hockey tournament, it is not the best players in the game. It's not like the World Cup of Soccer or or Euro where the uh, – the leagues are paused, right? Uh, I mean, a lot of times in hockey that, as I just said, the, the best players have kept playing in their respective leagues and, and not going to these international tournaments. It did change for a while. Now it's back the other way. So you, you, you heard the disappointment, though, in McDavid's voice and what he said and the way he put it, that there is only one institution known as the Olympics. And it, now soccer has the World Cup. Okay, fair enough. The World Cup of hockey does not have the prestige of the Olympics. And it sounded like to me, McDavid was saying, I don't want first place in the World Cup of hockey. I want an Olympic gold medal. We'll see what happens, gets worked out here. But now the NHL is going to be playing games during what was supposed to be the Olympic break. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.